Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans and reaction theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. This is Dale Jr. and you're listening to Dirty Mo Radio. Outside, door, bumper, clear the 18. Best car I had here in a long time. You're going to do it. You're going to win it. Right with you. You're clear. Check the flag. You win. Oh, yeah! Woo! Do you want inside information? You will not be able to repeat it to your kids, but you will learn and you will laugh. Door Bumper Clear is on. Hey, everybody. I'm TJ Majors, a spotter of the 88 Cup Car, 7 Xfinity, and the 29 truck. And alongside of me is... Hey, guys. It's KB. And Brett is nowhere to be found. Just kidding. I'm actually easily easily found. If you're anywhere near Myrtle Beach, you can find me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, Brett, uh, Brett's calling in today because he's on his seventh vacation of the year, and um, he couldn't be in the studio, so he is phoning in and joining us, and we'd like to thank Exalta, and what do you got, Brett? How you doing? I, I got a question this. Do I still get a perfect attendance award, even though I'm not there and I'm still no. technically on the show? Yes, you do. No, the per- uh, he called in. I didn't even. I didn't call oh, so in you when get I was a, sick. So, so if you send a sick note in, do you get accused? <laughs> no, but he's participating. But he's not so, here. So Kristen's been out. Josh has been out, and technically I have not been out. TJ hasn't been out. So we're the only two left. I mean, there's an asterisk the on it. <laughs> you got an asterisk. <laughs> yeah. You got the yeah, asterisk. Failed to qualify, but still started the race. Yeah, you bought owner. You bought points from somebody. Yeah, All right. yeah. I'm like DW that year. He missed the 600 and bought uh, Carl Long. Carl points Long. To start. Remember that? Yep, I do. Yep. I always like to ask people, do, have you known Carl Long? <laughs> <laughs> did, did that joke come along when you had kids? <laughs> do you? Yeah, we used to say, is, uh, is Brendan gone? Is Brendan gone? <laughs> Derek, nope. <laughs> <laughs> These are the worst oh, jokes I've anyway, ever heard. Thanks to Juan May for bringing the show to you guys today. I know that Josh is not with us, so we've got our buddy First Name Davis hanging out, right? Yeah, that means this podcast will probably be out in like 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, just Josh. Let, yeah, just let Josh enjoy his vacation. Yeah, Josh is on vacation down there. He's uh, definitely probably sunbathing at 88 in his chest right now <laughs> on the beach somewhere. That's gross. <laughs> he probably takes up all the sun, man. He's a big dude. He is a big dude. You know, we have a, you know, jo- Josh is, how tall is Josh? Six. got to be six, five. Six, yeah. Six, six. And he looks really, really mean if you ever see him, but he's really not. He's the nicest human ever. He is ever. nice. He just has a super serious 
So if you're at a race and you walk by the uh, the one main box on pit road and you see this really tall dude that looks really scruffy and mean as hell, <laughs> you just that's Josh. And don't be afraid to say hi. He's really mean looking, but he is nice. So maybe yeah. give him some yeah. uh, maybe give him some some uh, grief about you know getting these podcasts out quicker. And Josh does a good job. So but go ahead and feel free to give him some trash about it. <laughs> I've never seen him move fast, though. Kristen, have you ever seen him actually move fast? No, he's not quick. <laughs> no, so he, he's he one of them tall, uncoordinated guys? <laughs> five laps to go when Elliot's in the top five, he moves really quick down pit road to go get Elliot. Other That's than that, yeah. he's a relaxed okay. He's a relaxed. He saves soul. up all weekend for that? <laughs> <laughs> I think we need a gift file of that because I would never actually see him. You should video it, and I will make a gift for anything. Video it, and we'll, yeah. we'll tweet a gift of it. He's you need to do hey, it. wonder if Josh's sister. I wonder if Josh's sister is with him on vacation because they're down there in Bikini Land, man. Yeah, we're gonna. Um, yeah, Tara's probably there. It's a family vacay. We're, yeah, <laughs> they're in Surfside. I love Surfside. That's where Ocean Lake is at. The world's best campground. Uh, there's no way she's there. Why not? I don't know. I just don't want to have this image in my head. <laughs> You're such a dirty old man. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Tara. All right, what do we got? So, like TJ said, we're here in the Exalta studio, and Exalta has given their website, ExaltaRacing.com, a fresh coat of paint. And to get all of the latest news, photos, and the schedule for Dale's Exalta number 88 Chevy, head over to ExaltaRacing.com. There's photo galleries of the races, schedule for all the races that the Exalta is in, and all of the race reports. So head on over, ExaltaRacing.com. Yeah, Exalta does a great job of um, doing social media stuff and, you know, covering the 88 stuff. So make sure you check that out. they got a lot of cool pictures and stuff, and... And uh, do a lot of cool things there. So how was everyone's Daytona? Other than uh, hot. <clears throat> my Daytona was great and then bad. <laughs> it wasn't, you know, the perfect weekend. But, you know, obviously we came up a little bit short on Friday night. And then we came up a lot short on Saturday night. We had a very <laughs> ill-handling race car. And we got caught up in the in the big one, kind of, if you call it. Mm-hmm. So. And, Brett, you didn't get any part of that, did you? No, man. I mean, going back, you know, Friday night was a heartbreaker for us because I really felt like you. we were in the catbird seat to win the race. I mean, we're sitting third with what I think was the best car in the field. And to your point, on Saturday night, you know, we took a uh, we took a top ten out of there, finished ninth. We, we kind of had a strategy of let's let these guys wreck and miss the wrecks and let's, let's race the last 40, 50 laps of the race, which ultimately paid off. But, TJ, man, I got to – I got a question, dude. I mean, when you have when you have lesser teams, less dominant teams than Hendrick kicking your butt, like I don't understand how all of a sudden the 88 car this year at plate tracks, Junior can't even drive them. What's going on? Yeah, I think we've just went, I think the way the packages went has turned a lot more towards handling than what we were kind of expecting it to do. And we need to, you know, we really need to focus more on less speed and, uh, more more drivability and stuff now because we were having to lift a lot we couldn't drive three wide through the middle he's about wrecking every time he did and we couldn't we couldn't make moves that he wanted to make and you know watching the guys up front watching kyle and brad you know their cars were up and down the track all over the place if they wanted to hang a hard left they did and we couldn't do that yeah i mean i didn't see anybody struggling struggling really to handle i mean you know jimmy johnson's out of your shop and i mean i saw him making some really aggressive moves off too i did see 
some guys that look tighter off than others, but man, you guys were struggling a lot worse than than I anticipated. That was for sure. Yeah, I think our car was strong, but I think he was. It was just too. It was too on the edge to to get crazy with it. You know, and people people want us to. Uh, they want us to be up there in the middle of it, but you gotta. You know, after we got caught up, and we were we were okay. You know, we were all right up until the you know wreck. But after the wreck, it was you know even more of a handful. And at that point. There's no sense in, you know, there at a plate track to me when you have when you have a driver like that in a car that's you know you a good driver you know he's still going to be able to make up a little bit but it doesn't make sense to I'm not saying you don't try to win still you you kind of hang out there but there's no sense chancing it that bad it's such a dangerous time to try to drive up through the middle of the pack um, with an ill handling car that's already been wrecked once you know say say something does happen and we get caught up in a big one again which pretty much the chances of that happening are higher than us driving through the field winning the race at that point so you know the last thing we need to do is drive up in there and getting caught up in a big one and lose the driver for four weeks or five weeks or even longer than that and then that's the end of our season basically at that point so we had to you're not saying you know we don't try or anything but you can't drive through the field man it just doesn't happen like that you can't you can't just drive around everybody with a wrecked race car and a car that's not handling well. So we just needed we just need to go back with a better handling car. Sometimes you'll have it, you know. Sometimes it'll they'll drive like that. So yeah, obviously we got the Daytona 500, which is a big plate race. But I feel like after watching Friday night's race, where as spotters we never really had a chance to catch our breath. I mean, we're constantly two and three wide. We're constantly seeing crashes. We have pitch strategy, fuel strategy, all these different elements coming in to make this the perfect race where you never have time to hang out. Then the next night we've got this, this race with 60 more laps. And I literally tweeted out, I think we need to consider just running a hundred lap plate races on the cup side, other than the Daytona 500, because we did once again, had that single file lull during this plate race where guys were just hanging out. And, and when that's happening, we realize it's not entertaining for the fans. We realize there's not a lot of strategy coming into play. I mean, literally we're just hanging out. Yeah, there was a there was definitely a little bit of it. We were, we were. I was pretty busy the whole race. We never really even got a chance to, uh, you know, get up there and and even normally a lot of times we, actually we control that a lot. You know, and we're we're usually the ones controlling that, but we weren't this time and we were back there. But you, yeah, I see what you're saying. There's just a, uh, like a, like a um. I don't know, like a calm point of the race when there shouldn't, there, there wouldn't be if we knocked 50 laps off of it or something. We certainly didn't have a calm point during the race Friday night compared to Saturday No, not night. Friday night we didn't, yeah. Saturday night we did. Friday night was busy the whole night. Uh, you know. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. And one thing about Friday, you know, they, they either need to, we either, well, we'll hit it on spot on spot off here. You guys ready for it? Yeah, let's do it. All right, Brett, you're going first. Spot on, spot off. Bubba Wallace's post-race Muppet tweet. Man, I got to go with spot off, and here's the reality of it. We all can disagree with NASCAR at various times during the weekend, during our career or whatever, but at no point can we take a shot like that at the sanctioning body, the people that are are governing and ruling and, and to some degree dictating how the race operates. So Bubba's tweet, man, certainly crossed that line, and I think he's going to pay a price for it. And if no one, um, if anyone out there hasn't heard it, he said, uh, got the Muppets up there officiating tonight, never know how to react under pressure. What a joke. Just uh, FYI. Yeah, I think, uh, 
I, you know, as long as I, as long as much as I love to argue, I'll go spot off as well. I, even though sometimes we all think that you can't, you can't, you don't say everything you you think. So you kind of gotta be real careful what you do there. And a lot of times they call stuff on the fly, and and you know, there's there's decisions that are made, and sometimes they don't. They're gonna go against you. Sometimes we've we lost Talladega last year um, by nose because of the caution deal. <clears throat> so. You know, there's times that it's going to help you and times it's going to hurt you. So, But it never does good to go on social media and do that stuff. What do you think is going to happen? But I will say this, to, to Bubba's defense, here's the reality of the situation. Bubba is, is in the restart lineup fifth. Okay, Elliot is in the restart lineup third. Elliot, for whatever reason, his car stopped picking up fuel coming to the green flag, and this was in turn four. So as a result, Bubba has two obligations. Number one, do not hit Elliot because he doesn't want to tear his car up. Number two, you're not allowed to advance your position under caution. So if Bubba does either of those two things, he's going to ruin his night because NASCAR's going to black flag him if he advances, and he's going to screw up his car if he hits us. Well, he doesn't do either one. He lays off of us to give us an opportunity to get back rolling. Well, we don't get back rolling because we're out of fuel. So when Elliot pulls down... Bubba proceeds to catch back up. The ruling NASCAR made from the booth was Bubba failed to to maintain caution car speed. Well, yeah, he couldn't maintain it. So the call, from my standpoint, wasn't correct, but Bubba handled this very unprofessionally on the social media side. Yeah, he did. People don't really know that he, he really did kind of get boned pretty bad. You know, he was just avoiding another car and, and not, you know, just, oh, that guy's lifting. I mean, he it's just, I don't know, he, he kind of got boned, and they they did kind of do him wrong there, but it is what it is. And you fast forward, I mean, it, it ends up benefiting TJ because TJ gets to fill that hole. TJ now it's goes true. from mm-hmm. seventh place all the way to, to third place and almost wins the race as a result, which probably pissed Bubba off even more because he sat here and watches the seven car contend for the win and, win and run second, whereas Bubba gets in a wreck on the backstretch because of where he was positioned. Yeah, I don't know about seventh, man, easy. <laughs> Jeez. Spot on, spot off. Uh the Xfinity team salute the military at Daytona. Uh I'll go uh I'll go spot on. Anytime we can incorporate and salute guys and give them recognition is it, good in my eyes. It's fun to see them and when we had National Guard as a sponsor, those guys loved racing. And we would go see them guys and they said that's I really, really enjoyed going and meeting a lot of them people because they that's what they looked forward to every weekend, man, was watching that that car with their their uh you know military on it watching it go around the track it gave them something to pull for and they were so fun to talk to and, and to be around yeah I'm, I'm gonna go spot off just because of either myself or because of the pr angle i don't know the lot that went on during that race regarding that that effort you know i saw the, the cup effort when we came down and did the military salute prior to the race starting i am a pro military guy i know those guys keep us free and safe but i, I actually didn't know anything was even going on during an xfinity race for that well, we uh, we also had a flag on our trailer for Lee Langley that works here. Yeah, but I I think I agree with Brett. They didn't. They sent out a press release. Yeah, the, I mean and, like, you're the saying they could have. You're saying they could have. Yeah, I don't know. I was working. I mean, I still don't know what y'all are talking about. I have no idea what what tribute y'all are even speaking to. And so on the car the they put all on the cars they honored um, different platoons and brigades and what. Yeah, similar to Charlotte. Were, 
similar to Charlotte Cup race. That I guess were personal to the race team, the race crew, and if you didn't have one, NASCAR issued you one. And so yeah. they put it on there, and they put out a press release and a, a story on NASCAR.com, and then you could fly a flag at your hauler. I don't think it was pushed very hard I don't think so either. publicly. You know what I mean? But it probably I knew could've. nothing about it, and I still am just now learning about it. So, again, <laughs> yeah. I'm a huge supporter of the military, but PR failed for whoever was over this program. <laughs> spot on, spot off. Tandem drafting at Daytona. Mm. Mm. Go ahead, Brett. It's your favorite thing. My thing is let us race, man. When, when I looked at the, the – so I'm going to say spot on, and here's why I'm going to say spot on. Because you do it. When I looked at the white flag <laughs> lap, I saw three sets of tandems. I heard NASCAR not once warn – hey, you guys have to break up. You're not allowed to tandem race. They tell us in the spotters meeting. They tell us in the driver's meeting. Yet during the race, we watched Logano do it for the entire 100 laps. And then at the end, we see three separate tandems, which is a total of six cars, doing tandem racing for the win. Just let us do it and be done with it. Yeah, I don't uh, – I think it's – I don't like spot off on the tandem deal. I don't – I've never been – a fan of tandem racing. I don't like my fate being determined by another, by absolutely having, needing another car attached to my car. But they're like Brett says they're So they say we can't do it. And they black flag a couple cars at Talladega. Uh, Chris is taking my picture right now. They black flag the 98 and someone else at Talladega one time. And they don't, that's it. And then, you know, we see cars do it and, and nothing, you know, credit Logano for doing it and getting away with it because that's how he goes from 8th or 10th in the outside row and gets to the lead, top one or two positions, and then gets in line. And On lap three. Yeah, on lap three. I, I'm, you know, I know they've got fast cars, but they're not fast enough to pass six cars in the outside row with one other, you know, without being tandem. And we all see it. And we, I mean, we were joking about it on the roof before the race. We knew it was going to happen. But they're, you know, I... Like you said, uh, at the green-white checker, I knew restarting where we did that we were going to have to be locked. And, you know, we, we, you know, me and Justin, you know, since they said that in the beginning, we played pretty conservative the whole race to make sure we didn't get in trouble. But I knew in a green-white checker, you know, instance, we would have to lock bumpers and we would have to we would have to draft with somebody to even have a shot at it. So, you know, that that's never a question in my eyes there. But, like, you know, we either need to really be able to do it, or I don't know what they found this week um, at the test. I know they were trying to to do some things to to figure it out, but I'm not really sure what they came up with. I'm I'm thinking they're going to go back to the <clears throat> the more of a a round round bumper type deal or something to where we can't do it at all, where you know we'll just wreck probably. So that might be fun. Oh, that ought to be great. That ought to be a hell of a show. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just I'm just guessing here. Who knows? Spot That's on. exactly what we need in a plate track. More wreck. <laughs> spot on, spot off. Brad Kozlowski takes to Twitter answering fans' questions after the race. Hashtag AskBradK. Like, hashtag AskDBC. That's right. Uh, you know, spot on to me. If any time a driver can be involved and, you know, uh, take fans' questions and just be involved with everybody that, that normally wouldn't have a chance to ask anything. You know, I, I like seeing drivers do that. I like seeing Dell Jr. being real interactive on Twitter. I like seeing drivers do stuff like that. I wish I could have asked him a question. I, I just wish I could have said, hey, man, do you, well, you think could've. you got the 88's restrictor plate by accident? Because, <laughs> holy sh**, this guy was fast. Dominant. Crazy fast. Nobody could run with him. I was actually standing beside Joy Meyer, his spotter, 
and under one of the late cautions, Joey looks at me and he's like, man, I don't want to screw this up. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think you can. Kudos to those guys. They've obviously been working very hard. You know, we've seen the, the dominant plate shift go from the Hendrick cars. Back in the day, man, the DEI cars. I mean, Michael Waltrip and Dale Jr. dominated yeah. plate tracks. And then, you know, the Hendrick cars dominated. And now we're literally seeing kind of the, the, the Roush Yates, you know, engines on the front row and qualifying and then dominating the race. So kudos to those guys for working hard. Yeah, they've definitely got a lot of speed. Uh, they've, you know, he's been good at the plate tracks, but that, this was definitely by far, I think, the best car won. He was strong all night. He could he could maneuver around the track. He could just had exactly what he needed in the car. And a lot of you know, a lot of the drivers are saying that that he, you know, just had, they got beat by the car. And you know, that's that's some of it. But you know, Joey's up there working his tail off, telling him you know where what's going on. And you know, Brad's it's not like he's just sitting there single file riding in line. He is he's in there working hard too. So it's not you know a, a good car makes it easy. But there's still other than, there's a lot of good drivers in this field that can still you know get a shot at you. So. Uh, this is always the case. It is always easier to spot a fast car than it yes. is a slow car. I'm sure it's equally as easy to drive a fast car versus a slow car. When you look at Clint in the 15, every time air got on our nose, we, we parachuted backwards. So we had to work really hard to stay in the draft, stay behind somebody, keep a good pusher. So you're having to block. You're having to be a lot more aggressive than I promise you the two was because when you have a car that fast, it's easy to say, which line behind you has the advantage, and you just use the fade whichever way you feel like you need to to stop the runs. But to TJ's point, there's no doubt the two-car was dominant, and Brad and, and Joey and, and all those guys deserve to win that race based on how yeah. fast that race car was because all too often we see the fastest car not win. Yeah, and you know what? When you're up front like that, when they most of the time they get racing in your mirror at the end, and like I, Kurt Kurt was upset at Logano because Kurt really thought he had a chance to win. I don't, I don't see how Kurt – thought he was going to be able to get a run on brad at that point um i don't there's just no way i mean he there's just no way when they get the racing behind you and they're side by side and that like we've led plenty of races and it's easy it's so much easier as a spotter when they're side by side in your mirror on the last lap that's my perfect dream sure. scenario right there so yeah what you got Kristen? Let's head into fast lane. Oh, so, rebuttals. <laughs> rebuttals. I'm going to give TJ and Brett a topic to debate, and we'll alternate who responds first. And the person who responded first gets a 30-second rebuttal. Question one starts with TJ. Eric Almarola scored the victory at Daytona in the Xfinity race. NASCAR waited for a while to throw the caution, which ultimately froze the field. In your opinion, should they have let them race back to the line? Uh, you know, the more I thought about it, the more I think they did the right thing. They watched the replay. You never want to throw a caution if there's just a solo spin on the backstretch and a guy is just spinning down through the grass and he's going to be able to carry on. That would be a terrible way to end a good race. You know, now if they watch the wreck back there and they fight, they see contact that they need to get somebody out, that's when they need to throw the yellow. And when the six car hit the wall, that's when the yellow came out because they had to get safety equipment out and we just happened to be as side by side. Um, or the seven was in front of the 98 in my eyes. I almost feel like we need some parameters around what's going to determine whether or not we need a caution. For me, it is a very hard impact like the 22 had at Talladega when Elliott won the race. That should bring the yellow out immediately. I'm also a believer that when a car hits the wall exceptionally hard and he comes to a complete stop, that tells us he can't continue. He probably needs medical assistance. So I almost feel like we need rules and parameters that around what is immediately going to bring out a yellow because 
standing where I was standing, watching the race play out, I'm literally sitting there going. Yeah, like when, when I couldn't see the six hit the wall, but I knew they were waiting because I, I glanced back a couple times and I didn't see anything really, really bad. You know, I just saw some cars spinning. They threw, I think they threw it at the right time when they saw the six car wreck because he did actually hit the wall pretty hard, and I feel like they felt like they needed to get medical assistance out to him as soon as they could. So, you know, uh, you know, great, uh, at least they waited. You know, um, people are saying, well, they should have thrown it back there. Well, at least they waited till they're – because if they throw it and the race ends and there's just a single car spinning, they are going to get destroyed. Your 30 seconds has got to be up. My God, what is going <laughs> well, on Well, Kristen back there used about two minutes of it. Brad Kozlowski held off the Bush brothers and many others to catch the victory in the Cup Series. As a spotter, what are you communicating to your driver on the last lap when cars are trying to make a run to win? Brett. Well, how's Brett supposed to answer this? He's never up at the end. You're, you're, <laughs> the worst thing that can happen when you have the lead typically is they do something behind you to get jumbled up and get you a big advantage or a big lead because then they have the opportunity to get a huge run back on you as tj alluded to when those guys are literally drag racing behind you and you are car length in front of them you're in the driver's seat it's really hard to screw it up at that point yeah basically at the daytona 500 we won we were in a lot of trouble coming to the white flag in turn three there were three cars lined up behind us that were single file we were in a lot of trouble. When I saw Denny Hamlin go to the bottom to pass Brad and Kyle and get side by side, I, I felt I took a, sigh, a deep breath because it was going to be a lot better at that point. I knew when they got to racing, we could manipulate the lanes easier. And you're not really manipulating a lane. They just can't. They slow each other down because they don't want each other to pass you. Race each other so, so hard they cannot get to you. We saw a lot of a lot of great races for the lead on Saturday night none of those occurred while Brad Keselowski was leading so once again no matter what Brad and Joey and and those guys were communicating Brad had the fastest car it was going to be really hard for him to screw it up and he did so those guys are are one of the best and, and toughest teams to beat on play tracks right now without a doubt during the drivers meeting the sprint cup series director of competition said we always err on the side of safety while referencing the late race caution the Xfinity race. Newman said, try to do a better job than last night. Should drivers be making snide comments like this to officials? TJ? You know, I don't I don't think it's, it's you know, they're they're doing the best they can. I, if Ryan's got a problem, to me, he should go up afterwards and be like, hey, I saw this. I want you to, you know, can you keep a closer look at this? Rather than just be that guy in the back that, you know, makes the comment and kind of turns his head and, and uh, you know, if you want something done about it, that's probably not the right approach to go and do it. Yeah, the gossip around the garage was, you know, the next day that the, one of the officials actually texts Ryan and goes, hey, man, how did your night go? Where would you finish? And Ryan texts back his finishing position, and the official replied, hey, maybe you need to try and do a better job. So I think Ryan needs to stick to driving and let these guys stick to officiating. Dang. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's, That's actually pretty interesting. Yeah, they, uh, you know, they, <laughs> That's funny. They're, they're doing like they I – don't, I don't know where he could really be talking about. I mean, I know when they – when they saw the wreck, when they saw the six car hit the wall, they threw the caution. They thought they needed to get medical assistance out. It's a car I just horn. blew my horn back and scared the girl in front of me to death. Yeah. I'm sitting in my car. Sorry. <laughs> Maybe I should do the finger. I'll just blow yeah. my horn every third. There you go. <laughs> All right. I'm done anyway. Dang. Beep. There was a lot of Twitter chatter about the amount of commercials during the broadcast of Daytona this past weekend. The TV deal with NBC and NASCAR was huge. Can anything be done about too many commercials, or is this something we just have to accept? Brett. So I went back and did a little bit of research, and depending on who you believe, 
One site said the race was under commercial for 47% of the broadcast. What? Another site said 37% of the broadcast. Here's the reality. NBC has paid in a pile of money to NASCAR to cover the sport. They have to recoup their investment. The only way to do that is to sell ads and run commercials. Sorry, guys. Get out your computers. Get out your apps. Use that to supplement your experience. Yeah, you see, I don't, I, I don't agree with that. I think we need to, if you, if you want to cover the sport, cover the sport. I mean, if we, you know, I, they need to find ways. To, they need more ways to show the racing and, for, you know, have their sponsors and stuff commercials at the same time. They more need more, maybe more of the side by side stuff. Um, something to help keep the people. It's a play track. I mean, it's the most exciting stuff there is most of the time. So. Um, I don't know. I, I think you gotta. You should be. You should be showing as good as you can. Well, we've said this before. My biggest concern about TV coverage is we're at commercial when big things happen. Those are lead changes. Those are wrecks. Those are things that fans want to see. We have to figure out how to still bring them that action because the Braves don't hit a home run while they're at commercial. Peyton Manning's not throwing TDs while we're at commercial. So when Dale Jr.'s taking the lead or when Elliot Sadler's wrecking. It should damn well be covered on TV. we got to figure out a happy balance here to keep the TV in a position. Get their money back and still show the broadcast. Beep. Do they do – I mean, they've done picture-in-picture picture before. Why wouldn't they do that yeah, on every network? Uh, I don't think it's gonna, sponsors are going to like it that much. The off-the-wall topic, Kevin Durant, Durant. Durant. Sorry, I was getting French there. Kevin Durant announced that he will be going to the Warriors. Do you believe they will be the odds-out favorite for the championship next year? TJ. Yeah, I don't see how you how they won't be the the favorite to be the champion when you got that many when your roster is that talented. But we've seen this before, though. We've seen a lot of talented people go to one team and they just can't figure out how to play. It takes a year or two before they can all figure out their new roles. You know, I, I think Golden State might be. They seem to have the, a better attitude about it. None of them seem to be. You know, they're all like next man up. If you're you're not having a good night, next guy up. So you know, they don't seem to be interested in leading every. You know seem to be interested in leading all the categories um lebron is basketball genius and kd is basketball aj amendinger so <laughs> we're gonna hear about this guy once or twice a year rest of the year nobody's gonna care i still say lebron goes to the finals what will it, it be nine years in a row yeah lebron will it will definitely be a factor but you know kevin durant he's he's done i don't think kevin durant has been has had quite the team that LeBron has had for the last handful of years. Durant has stayed in one location, and, you know, he – Yeah, didn't, didn't Durant do as bad as slumming with Kobe for a while and just really couldn't excel? Didn't he do what? Wasn't he with the Lakers? <clears throat> no. Durant – he he's been with somebody he, good. No, he's been in Oklahoma City his whole – basic whole career. Yeah, well, he's got to go to Golden State and still not win. I don't know. He'll LeBron's probably, the man. Basketball Jesus. Well, Durant is definitely raising his odds of getting a championship. So, hey, we have chosen the best or funniest five hashtag AskDBC questions from Twitter and Facebook. Who's we? Josh actually picked these. Okay. Unless first name did it. No. No. Josh did it. Josh did it from Surfside while drinking. So these <laughs> yeah, will be probably these will be the best good. Yeah, had. the best ones. At Feldman 51 asks, Brett, did you enjoy your Daytona elevator ride, and are you ready to get stuck again next week? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. So when the spotters I'm, I'm, figured out Brett I'm was stuck in there, years old. it's funny. I've never been stuck in an elevator, and I've always seen people in movies get stuck, and you, you say, man, I don't think I'd freak out. When that elevator stops and there's six other dudes on there, 
you don't start freaking out, but you realize there's going to come a point when you start freaking out. And I don't know if it's 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, but about eight minutes in, I was starting to hit the help button. I was literally screaming help in the elevator, and I How could hear guys knocking there? on the other side. So I knew we were going to be saved. I look back and say we were just training for this weekend because <laughs> never, ever have we got to Kentucky in that elevator work the entire weekend. Never. Yeah. hadn't happened. How long in Somebody's totality were you it. in there? It felt like about two and a half hours, but I think it was more like 12 minutes. <laughs> That's still a long time. Still oh a long God. time. That was some hilarious With six dudes that have gas, you damn right it's a long time. I, I will say this. You no know, beer. Someone's going to get it at Kentucky. So, if Kentucky, anybody's listening, please go lube the escalators and the elevators <laughs> now. Please. Lube, lube them up a lot. Yes. Please do. At Woodham, Jason asks, after the dance lesson from the truck race, what two drivers would make for the best fight, either because of skill or entertainment factor? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that's a good question. Who would I like to see fight? Who do you want to see fight, Brett? I, I, I really believe the best fight is one of three guys. It's, it's either Kevin Harvick versus Carl Edwards, or it's Kevin Harvick versus Greg Biffle. I don't, I don't know which one of those. It's the premium matchup, but but man, that that would be a heck of a fight. Is the Biff mean? No, I, I you know Biffle doesn't. Biff's mean. a wrestler. He was a wrestler. Really? So he'll tie your ass up in a pretzel. <laughs> he doesn't have to be mean if he can tie you up in a pretzel. I don't know, man. I, you know, it's there. Some of them would be so awkward to Kevin watch. Kevin and Carl seems like it'd get bloody. Like full you mean on, awkward, like... like when Richard Childress beat up Kyle Busch? Awkward because that's pretty awkward. Yeah, similar to that. Like just kind of like kind of like Gateway, where they got they get there and they don't really know what they're doing. You know, <laughs> one of them will really want to fight, the other one won't, and it'll just get really weird looking. I don't Probably know. the best fight that nobody knows about is when Jeff Gordon popped Jack Sprague in the mouth at Daytona one time after Jack Sprague wrecked him when Jack Sprague drove a cup car. Man, there's been a lot of fights you guys unfortunately just don't hear about that we all hear about. Some of us even have the great fortune to see him. But TJ, you still got to pick a fight. You haven't picked one yet. Hmm. I don't, you know, I would go with the people that I don't think can fight that well, and I'm trying to think or about won't. what about like, like Rico and AJ Allmendinger. That'd be a hell of a. I'm show. thinking like what if what if uh what if like Landon and Trevor Bain. No, <laughs> what if Landon and like Cole Witt? I think you know Cole Witt's like a wrestler too. I think he's super tiny. Yeah, I don't know. I think I mean I, I'd watch it. It'd be interesting. <laughs> I'd go with that. Maybe Cole Witt and Rico. Could chicken fight against Michael Waltrip, two on one, or we have tag teams. Tag teams, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they can tag out, man. Take someone else tag in. Tag out to their spotters. I want in on this deal. <laughs> Rico off the top ropes <laughs> <laughs> with a mask on. He's got to wear yeah. a mask. You dang right. At Dirt oh. L model fan asks, was the Xfinity Series race better with Mike Harmon failing to qualify? <laughs> uh. <laughs> Yeah, Brett, what do you think? It's always better when that guy's in the show. Nobody's <laughs> in the way. Nobody, Nobody's going in on the bottom and, and fading the top. And, yeah, that would have been bad. God. Yeah, that would that have been bad. Uh, you know, it probably was better, honestly. Too bad it wasn't like a mile and a half or a short track, though. That would have been yeah. a lot better. At ML Dawson 11 asks, with the spotter being on air so much at plate tracks, do drivers and crew chiefs have a hard time getting radio time? 
No, not really, because we have a second we have a second radio to the crew chief, and when he needs to get a message across, he tells us over there, and we go right to the driver with it, and then we know when the driver is going to respond. The driver knows when it's his time to talk as well, and he's if he's if he's in a three wide or in a situation where he can't, you know, we're talking, he's probably not going to want to be talking at that point in time. So it's not. I don't feel like we have a problem with it. Agreed. <laughs> Jason Llewellyn, Llewellyn Llewellyn from Facebook asks what are your thoughts on having an international exhibition race after the season is over you could hold it at a different track or different country every year and raise awareness popularity of the sport I like the after thoughts the of season. it I like it thoughts of it being during the season right <laughs> it, you know I don't know I think it'd be fun to go overseas and try an oval somewhere one time I think it'd be fun I agree, I, and I say absolutely 100% not when the season is over. When the season is over, let it be over. We need to do it if we're going to do it yeah. during the season. You know, make it make it worth something, make it mean something. We saw the Japan thing back in 97, 98. They, they certainly did a lot of great things. I mean, let's be honest, it was the first time Dell Sr. and Dell Jr. were in the same race together. We have a lot of opportunities to create excitement. Why not do it when it matters versus being, quote, the next division? Yeah. Also, if you go to some of them other some of them other places too, where they you know they got them, uh, they got some of them other racing series over there. Do oval stuff. We could maybe pick up a local driver or two from around that track, you know, that runs over there, and and uh, I think it'd be exciting. I think it'd be awesome. Yeah. Kristen, do you remember who their sponsors were when Dale Jr. and Dale Senior debuted against each other? They had the same sponsor. Do you know who it was? Do you know what it was? Did it have to do with a polar bear? Yep. It had to do with a polar bear. Kristen, what do you got? Can you get it right? She's polar giving me bear. The, the death eyes right now, so I don't think she does. <laughs> I have no idea. Who was it? Don't 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 lip sync it to her. No, you I'm gotta not. get it on her own. I can't tell you. I'm not saying it anyway. If you get it right. Do you know? She's not gonna get it. Coca Cola was their sponsor. Oh right. I wasn't close to that. I was thinking like long time ago. I was gonna say you were scared to pull the trigger. But anyway, moving ice on. Cream. Yeah. Klondike. <laughs> oh boy. All right, so we're going into <clears throat> Kentucky predictions, boys. Who did I have last week? I had the loser. Yeah. <laughs> you had the loser. Who did I have? Oh, I had the My ten. My man, I had Clint the Boyer kicked your girl's ass. Yeah, he I had the ten. Her. I mean, it's so hit and miss, man. I didn't know you were gonna ride on the back and be safe all night. Jeez. <laughs> I, I thought you were actually gonna race. Good Lord. I think the 10 car had a problem. Well, we actually clobbered the 10 car into that wreck. So did you see our in-car camera? We all, we clobbered her, yeah. Did you see? So we hit her so hard, her her deck lid shot up in the air, like sheared the hood. So you hit her from behind. Yes. And uh, we, uh, like, I, I cannot believe, we didn't even repair our nose at all, but it destroyed her car. And... I mean, wow. I found that hard to believe, but dang. Anyway, all right, so I go first again? Mm-hmm. Kentucky. I went first last week. You're going first this week. All right, I'll take Blaney. Oh, man, he's coming with a rookie, rookie sensation. And he he already knew his pick coming into this to pick it that fast, and that's the problem with picking second is you don't know who to pick because you don't know who the first guy is. No, I, I, I really haven't and, thought about it until right now, but that's my pick right there. And here's the here's the kicker. We're on brand new asphalt. They repaved this place, and 
so we don't none of us know what to expect we know track position is going to be big i'm sure the tire is hard as Kristen's ass after doing squat you know like this isn't going to necessarily be a a game of pass the car this is going to be a game of track position and blaney so if he's too. going with blaney i can really try to get aggressive here or i could be kind of picking i'm, I'm gonna go with austin dillon hmm. right it has hmm. been written See, Blaney, I feel like I, he I, feel like I gambled there. right there, but I feel like TJ kind of did too. Yeah, that's going to be close. The only thing I I know the Pansy cars normally run good at Kentucky, so I figure Blaney will be faster. For sure, than that. and he tested there as well, so that'll yeah, be. Yeah, uh, you got insight I didn't have. I don't keep up with testing, although I am testing next week at Indy. I read on Twitter. Guy, so. I read on Twitter that he was the first car on the track after they when they went up there. So uh-huh. I, I got you. I got you. <laughs> Brett, TJ, either of you have anything that you want to complain about? Do you? Yeah. I saw you writing about some bicycle and stuff again. It's Tour de France. Oh, time. so I got well. a I got a question for you. Did you are you watching the coverage? Yeah. Did you see the nice drawing in the road? They have those <laughs> everywhere. This one was like unmissable. Which one? <laughs> it was gigantic. I don't know. <laughs> Did you see it, Brett? No, no, I, I don't follow. Oh, uh, uh, you don't. You don't have to follow it. They were tweeted. It was on the internet. It was all over Twitter. Some awesome artist. Check it out. Where are they? Where are they racing at? France. Yes. Hence the Tour de France. <laughs> it's called Tour de France, dude. So yeah. yeah. But they're in three different countries. That's what I tour, thought. So. Yeah. There's yeah. some no, they're great in, artists. Uh, they're in Massachusetts this week. <laughs> yeah. Well, they uh they like to draw a lot of stuff in the roads when you drive over them and and in the fields and on the castles. <laughs> some of them are gigantic, like forty yards long. Apparently there was probably one with what like a because I, it's you laughing about it so it's I just saw like the a, one thing on Twitter from one of the sports uh deals it was funny so what do you want to rant about I got a suggestion to NBC this week and they, they I'm sure they're not going to take me up on it but I know Krista Lota listens to our show so maybe she'll pass this along when you look at who's in the booth for plate races the crew chief's role has come during the race to be less and less of a factor because for the most part, other than the 88 car this weekend, handling really doesn't matter. The majority of pit strategy is two tires or gas only anytime we're under yellow. So I feel like when NBC is at a plate track, which they're going to have two of them, they've got, you know, Daytona, which we just finished. They got Talladega coming up. They have a plate racing badass in the booth with them, a potential badass with Dale Jarrett. So Take Steve Letarte, move him over to the different deal for whatever it is that DJ does during the race weekend. Swap him out. Put DJ in the booth. This guy's won multiple Daytona 500s. He knows how to play race. He knows what these drivers need to go fast. You put him and Jeff Burton up there, the fan's going to get a completely different experience than what they're going to get with Letarte and Burton up there. Yes, Letarte has done well. He's done a lot in this sport. He's more of a technical guy, though. This isn't a technical racetrack anymore when it comes to play stuff. I don't watch the races, so I don't know. I don't watch the coverage of it. That's all you want to rant about? Yeah, I think that's a big deal, man. I think the fans at home gain a lot of insight and knowledge, a lot like listening to our show during the week, you know, versus some of those other guys that claim to be racing experts and podcasts. And that's the difference in our podcast is TJ and I are racing experts. We're self-proclaimed racing experts. Mm-hmm. These other guys are just media guys. They don't know anything. This obviously is me being sarcastic. From Myrtle Beach, but, <laughs> so we're self-proclaimed. Yeah, I'm serious about it, though. Put, put DJ in the booth. Yeah, what about when it's not going to really matter who's up there if they only see him 37% of the time? <laughs> <laughs> they get to me and saying. you up there. They could be like, yeah, hey, we're going to commercial while Brett and I mean, yeah. And it's really a bunch of Muppets. Yeah, then, then it'll really be the Muppets at that point. 
If you were a Muppet, which one would you be? Man, um, the Peter. Muppets in Sesame Street tend to, tend to get confusing for me. So, I mean, Kermit was the only one that really had a chick, so I want to be Kermit. That's Sesame Street. No, that's the Muppets. Oh. <laughs> you don't know either. They're all Sesame weird looking. Uh, you no, you know which one I would be? Oscar be the Grouch. Which one? That's not a Muppet. I'm a Sesame Street. I'd be the animal. Yeah, you would. I mean, my hair is similar. Or you Beaker, know. the one that just makes that. Hey, I, I, I gave I gave TJ, TJ kudos this weekend. He had the best neck hair he's ever had. There was none. Present. I don't even have any. Better? How about now, Kristen? Has it grown out to a ponytail already? I don't have any. No, it's actually still clean shaven. I'm See, shocked. I don't know what he was wow. looking at. He he had his goggles on or something. <laughs> Cause I, I mean, I got just my take haircut. two fingers and rub the back of it for me. Because if I were there, man, I just want to <laughs> rub it because it's never that smooth. Just Sensual. rub his neck for me. <laughs> Sensual. Oh, man. We're getting, Mike yeah. Davis is walking Mike in Mike Davis here. is walking in. in a, dun, dun, uh, yeah. dun. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that. It's getting dun, weird and Mike Davis shows up. All right, guys. Well, well, we're not done ranting, are we? Are you? You're I like not to ranting. Rant. You're talking about the Muppets and Sesame I would like Street. to rant about the color of Mike's shirt. <laughs> it's very bright green. <laughs> the downloads are, if you could see Mike's shirt today, it's really bright green. He wants to be able to be seen by the International Space Station. <laughs> hey, don't forget to pick a winner for those questions. I think yeah. we forgot. Oh, yeah, you have to pick a winner. You want me to pick it? Yeah, you pick I'm it. I'm going to go yeah. with... Uh, the dance uh, lesson? No, I'm going to go with Jason Llewellyn, just because you can't say his name. <laughs> Great. And I like the re- thoughts of racing overseas somewhere. Somewhere fun, too. Somewhere like... Czechoslovakia? Uh, what's that? Now. What's that? Really, that really popular city that's growing. The they have a Formula One race there. Pakistan? Um, no. <laughs> Pakistan's not a city. It's uh, what's all them play? Let's say it's got the. It's uh, Dubai or something. Can't we build an oval there? Yeah, sure. Uh, TJ, yeah. we only get twenty five dollars a day for per diem. Do you know how expensive it is to go to Dubai? <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna go with you. I'll find a sheik. <laughs> I'm just hanging out with you. <laughs> We'd get a French fry for lunch. Hey. Well, that's one. fine. We'll pack one, make sandwiches. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Exalta Studio, for having us in here. And uh, one main financial for letting us do all this fun stuff. And even Mike Davis for supervising us today and Just having some fun. Sitting here with his arms yeah. crossed, judging, yeah. judging. And Davis over there. Davis was quiet. Yeah, first name was quiet. Yeah. It's y'all's show. It's on my show. <laughs> yeah. yeah, thanks. Yeah. Solid job, yeah. Thanks, everyone. I'm going to the beach. All right. right. Bye. See ya. At One Main Financial, we believe in the importance of community. That means partnering with our neighbors to reach common goals, lending a hand when it matters most, and commitment to our neighborhoods. Community isn't just where you are. It's where you make a difference. One Main Financial, not just in the neighborhood, but part of your community. Providing personal loan solutions and one-on-one local service. One Main Financial, your needs, your goals, your dreams. Offer subject to restrictions and requirements of the licensee. For licensing information, visit our website or call us. You've been listening to Door Bumper Clear, brought to you by One Main. For updates on Elliott Sadler and the number one junior motorsports team, go to OneMainRacing.com. This is Kelly Earnhardt Miller. Tune in every other Wednesday to listen to Fast Lane Family right here on Dirty Mo Radio. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo Radio. 